Welcome to the Endor Report, a family Star Wars podcast with your host, Captain Tad. I'm also joined by my committee. I am not a committee. Okay, Princess Janelle, along with his crew of scoundrels, Jack the Droid. The odds of anyone listening to this podcast are a million to one. And Molly the Padawan. I am no Jenna. And anyone else we pick up along our way to the Outer Rim. Now it's time for the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Endor Report. And boy, what are you laughing about there, Princess? Nothing, <laughs> I'm not laughing. I'm excited. That was you a fun excited. episode. You just, you sounded so... I don't know. So so radio. So, so happy. It made me laugh. It was it was nice laughing. It wasn't rude laughing. I thought you were laughing at me because I sounded like I was like doing the radio uh, the radio tad voice. I mean, it was the radio tad voice, but welcome it, to it the was, Endor Report. <laughs> Coming to you live. Maybe it was a little bit much. But Might have been a little too much. Okay, whatever. It sounded you sounded handsome. We have Chapter Ten, Mandalore. We just finished watching. We woke up like we do it. Three o'clock in the morning. I, no, I, I think I went back to sleep for 15 minutes. You went to sleep for 15 minutes. I played Galaxy of Heroes. Did you? Yes. And then like the dogs started rustling around. So and then it just all of a sudden I started see I saw someone posted on Twitter like new episodes dropped and it's 36 minutes long. I was like, was okay, I got to get on it before there were any spoilers. It was a little shorter. It was a little bit shorter, but man, they did a ton. I of mean, them. it felt like the similar length wise but also similar content packed in wise as season one because i feel like so far season two you had a really long episode then you had a yeah long episode and um a shorter episode but this one definitely felt like it could be right in line with the first season of episodes like content wise and time wise yeah i felt this was on par with the third episode in that first season where you had all of the action the uh, the sin okay you know what though i don't feel like this was like that episode actually i really? don't feel like it was like like there was action but maybe it was it was different pacing of action like i actually really enjoyed it it was a nice break from two kind of monster episodes i'd say this one had like a lot of the things i was looking for and maybe with that second one with the having more empire moff gideon oh, so one thing we didn't do is we didn't say any spoiler. <laughs> we didn't give warning for spoilers when we started this. We just jumped right into it. Um, so if you are listening. Oops. Okay. Should... And you're going to put the tags on the front on all the writing and stuff. So if you haven't seen Chapter 10, what the Air, what was it? The Harris or for the title of it? The Harris? Um, I don't remember. Okay. So Chapter 10. <laughs> I guess I can Google it. Um. It might something like that. Yeah, but know. like so, if you ha- if you haven't watched it, definitely watch the episode because okay, we'll so d- this is our first reaction kind of spoiler filled uh, response to some of the stuff we saw in there, some of the things we picked out, and just kind of our first uh, first vibe on this one. Um, but you were saying that first vibe, first vibe. I just want to party with you. Totally. <laughs> but no, that's what I like. I felt like this was more like that third episode in there just because it had so many awesome moments where even like when he comes into land and then completely wrecks like that was a pretty funny star wars moment and it kind of set the tone for the mando is like 
he's not perfect. Like we're going from that first episode where he defeats the crate dragon, blows him up inside and kind of flies Seems out. Seems like a superhero. Yeah. Now we're back to, he can barely land the ship. And when he does, it falls into the water and sinks to the. <laughs> well, no, that was great. Like I loved the start of it. I feel like I really liked the first episode of the season. It didn't, this one, I just, I, I think director, when it comes into these, like they give the directors, a, it feels like a lot of creative vision and freedom. And I, you realize that after the last season when you actually watched the director, like in-depth discussion about each episode and why they did the things they did and who did what episode. And I feel like the difference between directors is very apparent in... The one, two, and three here. So this one was directed by that Howard girl who had directed The Village, which was chapter four. Yeah. And Molly even said like, oh yeah, I can totally see how this has some of the same similarities. I think how she shot The Child What's had a lot name? of stuff. Let's see. I think Bryce Howard is her name. Um, But like you could see how Baby Yoda had a lot of redemption in this one from the last one because he didn't eat any eggs. And I swear totally thought that he was going to eat that tadpole bryce oh, that tadpole. dallas howard so yeah. but oh um, did i get a name right you did, did. You? that's why i looked it up because sometimes your names are a little hard for you and molly and i didn't want to sound like rude on, but she's a redhead the, so i was totally was like that was bryce down like i knew that was that that's was. a little rude tad what that, that was rude <laughs> no but i've always you, like you I could say, her. I'm sorry for being rude. Sorry for being rude with the redheads. <laughs> I love the redheads. I, what are you talking okay, about? Okay, but she's a director. She's not just a redhead. Well, I understand, but like that, I knew her, and I recognize her because the red hair. Uh-oh. I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, No, but I think director actually makes quite a big difference in this like series because they each one brings so much creative vision to it and this one had a lot more of like the feel that we got in the first season and it was I really liked it like I and I think maybe that's what the difference was in that episode from last week is it wasn't one of the directors that we had kind of gotten used to after watching the first season over and over and over and over again kind of threw us for a loop I'm really happy that I totally called it on that he was going to wind up being from like some type of cult version of the from the Mandalorians. I believe but I said we, he was like Amish. We, didn't we know he was? He was. You an are Amish. on fire today. He was with an just Amish offending, Like stop it. The Amish don't listen to podcasts, so we really don't have to worry about offending them. Like you don't know that. Yes, I do. They don't have electricity. <laughs> I'm sure there are updated. I don't think Amish. they. Ha- I don't think they have Sirius XM inside the buggy, so I don't think you we have to worry s- about it. You just sound so like <laughs> it's like you're just all of the like rudeness is falling out of your mouth. I was right. Not about so, Amish people. Well, no, I was like how he was going to be a part of a, a sect of the Mandalorians that didn't take their helmets off because they were zealots or they were a little like. But didn't cultish. we already know that? Like, okay, so let's look back at season one. Like, they, 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 this is the way stuff. Like, we knew he wasn't the same as the Mandalorians that we have seen in Clone Wars and Rebels. But there, everyone kept saying, "Oh, you're a Mandalorian. Is it true that you don't take your helmet off?" So, and he was like. So I kind of felt like like they were trying to say that all Mandalorians didn't take their helmets off, 
which would against like everything we've seen in the Clone Wars and everything we've seen in movies and so, stuff. So it was good to see that, it, hey, actually, here's real Mandalorians that really take their helmet like, off and act like, like the other I guess characters. what happened that we started questioning that because we've had years of knowing a lot about Mandalore from Satine, Sabine, the Clone Wars... Other references Rebels, in movies, that, yeah. in Rebels, yeah, a lot in Rebels, and even in this most recent little Clone, Wars. Clone Wars, yeah, like the there was season. a lot, there was a lot about Mandalore, and they, I feel like even we even noticed we're like, okay, look, they're taking their helmets off, like they did, so we knew that. So I wonder what it was that made me then start to question it. Maybe the way they presented it. Well, no, it was the first season, and this well, is and the you're way. Seeing, you but can't you're take seeing your it through. Have it's, you ever removed your helmet? Has it ever been removed by a, an enemy? So when you're watching Rebels and Clone Wars, like I feel like you are, and even Star Wars, you're watching the show as like third person. I feel like they've presented this series and and show. You really are first person in Mando's perception of everything. Well, it is called the Mandalorian. Well, so I understand, like, but he's he's not even Mandalorian because he was adopted into the group. So what does this title mean then? Because is it him discovering what it means to be Mandalorian? They are totally setting it up, yes, to what it means to be Mandalorian. But then also eventually he is going to go against the Watch. He's going to go against Death Watch well, yeah, because and those he's a people good that were part of his clan when he finds out what they actually did, that they were kidnapping children throughout the galaxy to brainwash them. Well, he is brainwashed. And you're seeing like the way he reacted even to... Okay, the one who is the leader of Mandalore. Boca Raton. Well, I know I was saying, yes, I know no. her, her name is not Boca Raton. That is a city in Florida. Isn't it? Yeah, it's Boca Raton. Boca Raton. Yeah, Boca. Jeez. <laughs> See? Boca Raton. Boca Raton. Boca Raton. No, it's not. <laughs> I'm sure that's what. Reacted, I'm sure it's just how George Lucas was, was naming saying, it. It was like, okay, we're going to go with. Where are you going this weekend? Oh, we're going to Boca Raton. Uh, Drop the cut, and we're good. I've said the one who is the true leader of Mandalore, not to avoid saying her name. I said that to, like, kind of, like, he doesn't even realize that when he is arguing about what it means to be Mandalorian with her. The one thing we didn't get in this episode was an explanation of why she doesn't have the Darksaber. She should have it. She was the last one to have it. She was the last in one. In Rebels. But we didn't we we were wondering about that when we saw it at the end of the first season. We were like, wait a second, how did he get it? How did, how did Moff Gideon get that? Now she's on this strange water planet stealing weapons from uh pirates. Warlords oh, basically. Empire, yeah. Empire warlords. But those that those Empire guys in this one were actually pretty... Um, that was uh, good. That was really good. Because and then they did a little bit of like, I don't know, like just the... They kind of did like some character like shadowing, I guess, of everything we see with the Empire General and then his two like assistants and like the side glances. Like there was a lot of very good, this is supposed to feel like Empire on a starship and it did. Yeah. And the, the of course the Empire guys were... Scared to die. The officers are always scared to die and make horrible mistakes like letting the Mandalorians have access to the control panel in the docking bay. And then next thing you know, they all get sucked out the back hatch. I thought that was a cool letter. Like, you give them access to what? 
Yeah. They're locked where? Ah, that was so cool. Um, and then the I think like the cool one of the cool part where he bit his tooth like they had like the cyanide capsule, but it was electric. But it was electric, so his whole like hate head started like electrifying. Mm, it looked a little bit rough. You know what you have to do. Long live that the was, empire. We, as soon as he said that, like I one I love Moff Gideon. Like he like it's great. Like it's one of those bad characters that like you like the actors so much that you enjoy watching it. And like when he's yeah, he says, you know what you have to do and you hear his voice say it. And it's like you ins we all instantly knew what he was gonna do. You're we gonna crash the ship. But and I didn't I like, didn't realize he was gonna shoot the two like the kids in front of him who oh, looked well, like super nervous and they're like yeah. freaking out. Well, because like they how, wouldn't have wanted to do it. Well, no. And then I like how Moff Gideon was like, he's like, how many people have you lost? Well, they've taken out all of the people in the hall. Like, how many people do you have left? He's like, there's no time to rescue you. So you know what you have to do. Yeah. Like he was doing some math. Yeah. Like he was a little bit logic. Like if they're like, hey, we just, they just got attacked us. He would have actually sent someone to protect him or something. But no. Okay. It's a done deal. I love that they brought brought the transport ship in there because that's yeah. the transport ship from all the rebels and stuff, and like that was the Empire's transport that would carry uh, Tie Fighters, and it's in the. When's the last time we saw Bo-Katan? Because we saw. She was in that last episode of the Clone Wars. Yeah, I was gonna say like we just saw them on that big mission, right? Yeah. Like, so, so the clone, but that last episode of the Clone Wars still happens before this episode. Well, yeah, that because happened. Because it was 30 some years before, right? 20 years something. I don't know. No, yeah. It's it was like, enough years to where there's been a gap of time where she's not in storylines. Mm hmm. Because, so that was right before Revenge That's probably of the why Sith. we got that episode. Right before Revenge of the Sith. So you're talking about all of Luke, and now we're past Return of the Jedi. I and- feel like, okay, the Luke story, okay, great, whatever, but like. You could really connect the dots and have like just like there's it's a big un a big galaxy or whatever. So okay, yes, we have Luke and Leia and that whole story, but there's that whole war where we could end up following some of the characters that we've started to really like from other places. Well, now we're gonna go find Ahsoka. They just they said she's on. Yeah. I kind of wish, I mean, I guess we've been to Tatooine, so I was kind of hoping it would be like a planet that we know, like, hey, we're going back to Coruscant, or we're going it's to... It's just a little, it's a little tricky, because I feel like it's almost like they wish the the 20, 30 years in between the Clone Wars, where we just saw Ahsoka and Bo-Katan in this episode, like, I feel like we're trying to squish them back together. <laughs> like, like they want it to connect. It's like a, it's like a reunion tour. Like, hey, oh, we're bringing the band back. Yeah, but it's like, but I, I want to know some of their adventures in that missing time. Like, and I know that there's a problem where you're like, oh, but we that wasn't the story. But so what? Like, there was plenty of other stories to make in that time, and I want those adventures because I like those characters. They're going to be writing books and comics and TV shows. I like shows watching it on movies. TV. I mean, I like the comics too, but the comics don't necessarily adhere to a lot of the rules of the stories in the universe. Sometimes the comics have a little more creative freedom of, you know, random references. True. Like this latest Vader comic. I mean, I like the comics, but it's also like it's a comic and it's it's it's, it's not as cohesive sometimes. True. I mean, the latest Vader comic where the Emperor, like, basically completely destroys Vader and leaves him on Mustafar to, like, die or uh, 
rebuild himself was pretty cool. Yeah, I get that. That's cool. But that's still what I'm saying. It's not a storyline that you could actually put within all the movies and series and everything. Well, I think that's filling in some gaps of, hey, what happened to Vader in between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi to where at, at one point he's saying, Luke, join me. We can defeat the Emperor to then him being on the Emperor's side enough to where he gets close enough to kill him. I agree with you that it fills in some gaps. It's just sometimes those comics, the way they fill in the gaps feels a little bit like you summed up like five years in two sentences and a pow emoji. And sometimes it's a little bit frustrating. Did you just refer to comics as an emoji? <laughs> sometimes. I like, I'm like. Charles Soule would not appreciate it. I like comics. You know I like comics. I read them, but I don't think it's the same like same uh, as level this, as this, like live action TV show. Yeah, it's show not the and... same level of okay, if you, it's not the same level of canon. When something happens in a Star Wars comic, it doesn't immediately make it something that necessarily happened in the actual storyline that we try to follow and connect dots with. No, I think you can't have comics leading the way for a character. Comics go back and fill in some of the details and fill in those little spaces. Right. Like you want to know about a side mission that maybe Ahsoka took. Yeah, like I don't want to get Rex. that just from comics. I want to get that in either a book or a cartoon or a TV series or even a small movie. Like that's where I want to get that. I don't want to have to rely on the comics because sometimes they do weird things in the comics. Like, even the Dr. Aphra comic, it's, it's getting a little bit, like, a little weird and a little bit, like, some of it, it's like, okay, this storyline isn't working, like, that well, so it's a little frustrating, even though I enjoy the comic. Okay. I'm, I'm excited for next week. I'm excited for Ahsoka. Yeah, I think I'm we're wh- going to get Ahsoka next week. You think we're going to get Ahsoka next You don't think there's anything going to be... I mean, that Razor, I think, that I th- Razor Crest is pretty messed up. You might have another side mission. I of- hope we do, because if we go right to Ahsoka, it's starting to feel like boom, 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 boom a little bit. Like, I was hoping Ahsoka was the last episode, to be honest. But you still have to have something happen where he goes and gets Grief Karga and um, Cara Dune. Now, your prediction was something. that we get Ahsoka early lose the child, and the rest of the season is trying to get him back. So I could see in the next episode something happening on the way to Ahsoka that stops that, that is maybe Moff Gideon shows up and takes the child. Well, Moff Gideon's right here, and we ju- he, they just took that ship. Like, he knows what just happened. He knows where they're at, so. Oh, I like that. I love I I I, I like this is a part of the shows I really like, but I did. Bo Katan was awesome. I'm glad they brought her in, and that's another and one thing I did really like about last week's episode is what I said. It made you want to go watch specific episodes of Rebels, right? This makes you want to go watch the Death Watch episodes of the Clone Wars. Well, we already did because we started. I, yeah. I, I flipped it on, and it starts talking about we are our. Our clans are spread throughout the galaxy because the other Mandalorians just want peace. So it was cool to see that, hey, there are other versions of the Death Watch out there, and there's the extreme version where you don't take your helmet off. So there are... So this is... Did we know... I guess we did. We should have known. If we didn't know, we should have known he was in an extreme version of the Death Watch, right? Like, it's just... I, I never felt like... 
I was questioning that because I was so enjoyed, like enjoyed so much watching Mando. But like that was pretty clear, right? That was clear to you. Or were you just waiting for confirmation? I don't think it was clear that they were a negative. Like I think they kind of they're they're leading, like you said, it's all from the Mandalores or Din, Din, Din Djarin's point of view of. Right, I feel like yeah. This is my clan. These guys save me. They protect me. They're here for me. Like everything that I do is for the clan. They really focused on how they saved him from being killed. I mean, do you really want the armorer to be? A bad person and a bad guy, a bad girl, I guess. The armorer from that one where I know, she, I know yeah. who you were talking about. Um, but the but she, she she didn't she doesn't even given him enough information to make his own decisions, like educated. So yeah, she is already kind of a an ominous, not good character. She didn't tell him. She knew who the Jedi were. She didn't tell him what he was walking into. She said an ancient sorcerer. She knew, and if you're if you're like leading a clan, you you know more of what your missions are and your history is. But like that's, it's like a problem with religion. Like it it definitely is. I I mean, like you don't tell the people paying the bills and following you and doing your dirty work what what they're doing, or they're not going to be blindly loyal. Yeah, you have to have the power, and the power is the knowledge, right. of all of the stuff that came before. So if you take that and she's not giving him all the information he needed to like do what he needed to do, yeah, she's not a great person. And how crazy like if you take your helmet off, you're never allowed to put that back on and you're not allowed to be a Mandalorian. Meanwhile, there but are all what, these yeah. other people who are like I can I can take my helmet off. I'm it's okay for me to like But it's interesting and I really like how they're presenting it as from his perspective. And so we're discovering more about it the same way he is. But we like him, even though, like, people from the outside probably look at him like he is, like, an extremist, like, radical, crazy person. Like he's Amish. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) The Amish are not walking around with jetpacks blowing things up. Would you not get off about Amish? Can you imagine if they were? You are so offensive sometimes. So, okay, Okay, I wonder if when he finds all of this out, is he going to go take the armor back to Cobb Vance and give him back the bubble? He's like, you know what? I figured everything out. You were right. I can take this off. Here you go, buddy. I hope so, because I would not mind seeing Pedro Pascal walk around with his face out for a little bit of it. Come on. Uh, I'm, I'm just worried. I don't want the Red Viper to take his helmet off. He finally learned his lesson after fighting the mountain that you keep your helmet on. And now, oh yeah, he did post that. He did. Yeah, he posted. Uh, <laughs> uh, forgot to take. No, forgot they're to put already a helmet on. doing now he won't season take it off. three. Season they're three is going, going to be in twenty twenty one. Yeah, they're not going to take uh, Din Djarin from us. But there is, there's so much. Like I'm sure, like you, they're already doing season three, and there's only five episodes left. So. We're not going to answer all of these questions in the next five episodes. You never answer the questions because it's hey, what did we just talked about. We talked about it's kind of they're trying to build that. Hey, we know we have the knowledge, we have the information, and we want you to keep coming. Back I guess for more. I just feel a little silly that, like, I, I start like I enjoyed it so much and enjoy like his character so much that then you start wondering why other Mandalorians have always taken their helmet off, like versus. Like I feel like you were more aware of what they were hinting at than I was. 
Well, yeah, because it was just weird that, like, hey, oh, you're a Mandalorian. You never take your I helmet off. I hope he does go back to Tatooine and hang out with his buddy and give him Boba Fett's armor back. But then they might be fighting Boba Fett because he'll be like, hey, that's my armor. And Mando will be like, where did you get that armor? Yeah, where did Boba Fett go? Like, I, 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 I mean, this personally, is, this, stuff, the first this time? other stuff is so much more interesting to me than where did Boba Fett go. Okay, so the only time I did think about him in this episode was when the ship fell into the water, and I'm just like I'm really hoping he has that helmet and that armor like secure somewhere in there. <laughs> if it just got washed away and be like, uh, okay, you're funny. <laughs> or the guns. I was even thinking like I might, I bet that oh man, all those guns are wet now. I don't if they're still, if works. they're still even in there. Yeah, like, but what are, what what's with the, all the fishnets? Is he? Hopefully, he goes back to Tatooine to at least get his ship fixed by his buddy. That, that razor crest is like a now it's even more roughed up. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a little bit like your at least it has car a that had a trash bag as the window, and you had to open the door to go through the drive-through. It was good times. Yeah. <laughs> That's the real razor crest right there. Ford Taurus. Yeah. Oh no, that was quite a car. It's not as bad as a shirt. I had a car that had Sharpie marker. Written yeah, I know. All over I remember. It. I know. You you talk about that car every time anyone talks about a car. That would like been, I don't would, know why you love that car. I would so have much. painted the big uh, yellow R on the side of that, and it would have been like the Razor Crest if I was watching this. And then now I'd have all kinds of nets and stuff all over it. You know, you're too old at this point to do that to a car. Um, you will get you just can't my truck just don't do it you put, we, we put stickers all over my truck no, it's that just says, on the back this is the way it's just on the back and a big mandalorian helmet you're not taking a sharpie marker to a car well i wouldn't take a sharpie marker to the truck now because i have stickers. adult i have adult money, adult money so i can buy adult things <laughs> <laughs> like a cricket printer that then you cut the big cricket stickers out and i put it on the back of my car you're welcome mm totally got that for you okay you do demand things from that from time to time yes i do so two thumbs up on this episode yeah this episode definitely awesome probably gonna throw it on again before i have to get ready to go to the office so i watched like when that first i'm gonna say was it chapter nine came well that was chapter eight and then nine ten so we've had eight nine ten because this was number ten i watched no Baby. Or no, is it 9, 10? This was number 11? Yes. Okay, so watch chapter 9, like, probably three or four times the day it came out, and then watched it, like, pretty much consistently every day that whole week. Well, or you like, and Molly do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, and then the last one, I we watched it maybe once or twice that first day, and then, like, We talked about it, wanted to watch once. it again, but it wasn't in my top groups, Um, and I, I think it's so interesting how the just the creative choices like like the extras like you didn't need to have some of the extras that like they throw in there and i wonder if that's up to the director like some of the different like side things that happen or like the ship falling in the water or all the like like nets and stuff and the different like those things that i feel like were add-ons in episode two like i just didn't those weren't my favorites so but i rewatched it again yesterday and that scene where the like the uh, X wings come flying after him, and they go into yeah. the clouds and fly down into the canyon, that is such a cool looking scene. Yeah. I just, I think it's just it's not as entertaining as what this one was for. So let's I do fighting, wanna, battling, and before you wrap smoking up, smoking some stormtroopers. I'm a little annoyed at 
the frogs. Wait, why would he have a whole episode about the frogs and then like there was no point and he got him in trouble and he didn't even like he Din Djarin wasn't even mad that like that frog did not help him on his part of the deal and almost got him killed. Yeah, then he went back and trusted him again and gave him back the child and said, hey, okay, watch Like, what this. is with Din Djarin and thinking, like, he's made friends and then he lets them be awful? Well, they didn't know that those, uh... Those frogs... Like, I don't really actually want a whole episode about a frog that has no point. Maybe they were getting revenge for uh, baby Yoda I actually think... I, I, wish, I wish Yoda would have eaten that frog baby at this point and it would have made me happy. I was waiting for him to, like, when they put him, like, strapped him in the and razor like, crest for him to pull out a tadpole out of his pocket and be like... I'm pretty sure he was going to eat that baby they were had in the dip bowl. Like, why would you put your baby in a dinner bowl in front of Yoda? <laughs> Don't play with your food. Oh, I won't. So, I mean... Maybe that's why he dropped him back off. That was his revenge was, okay, hey, you're going to watch the child now. I and don't the think Din Djarin takes pet. revenge on people like that. His revenge is the flamethrower. True. They, they don't really survive a Din Djarin revenge. Yeah, so, like, I just... You won't die by my hand. I just don't... I don't like characters like that that are kind of annoying, kind of frustrating, and then ended up having no point besides being annoying to your main character. So I did not love those frogs. I did like the one line of "I'm altering the deal." Oh, you wait. This is for, the way. I, she said, "This is the way," but everybody is thinking, "Pray I don't alter it any further." <laughs> that was good. Oh, okay. Well, now it makes you want to watch. Well, I actually I do want to watch the Clone Wars. Um, when like we can get the kids to not talk through the whole thing because they love the Clone Wars. Um, and I want to see those little episodes. Jack, Jack does love explaining every little thing that. You know. he, yes, he does. So I do want to watch the Clone Wars like with the kids on mute, <laughs> and watch that series about the Death Watch because I think it will give us a little bit more information to what what is going to develop. And remember, the Moff Gideon actor has said that he has an epic battle with a dark saber versus a lightsaber. And he was talking about that in interviews. So it at some point, you're going to see Ahsoka versus Moff Gideon with that Darksaber, I'm guessing. Giancarlo Esposito. Yep. Uh, he's Gus. awesome. We always call him Gus. I should call him his actual name because now he's been in quite a bit of movies. And I everything he does is so fun to watch him. Even in uh, The Boys, like... It was like he's playing kind of like the head guy who's not that great ethically, but everything he says, it's like, ah, I love watching you. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder if we're going to get a big battle for the next one because th we know they're in close proximity. And if he knows that they were taking the ship, he might be guessing that the child is also close because he knows Din Djarin has the child maybe because they never told him he said it was just the Mandalorians so he didn't tell it like because they'd been attacked before and it was like oh it's the same people attacking you as last time yeah but like I feel like he could connect some dots he's pretty smart oh no it's meant I wonder if Mando's armor is better than those other Mandalorians because he went running down that hallway and just took like a ton of blaster fire, and it didn't even like, bing, 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 bing. Like it was just like bouncing I all like, off of though, it. I like though that like 
he okay when you had him standing next to them in the battle like they made mando look like he wasn't the superhero like they were just on the same like they were all just warriors or whatever like he wasn't like he still did his save the day moment because he went kamikaze a little bit with the I, he, I, he looked more like the bigger tank like he actually looked yeah. like the but not like the, the brute in the group yeah. instead of like before you've always had other bigger Mandalorians with him in the clan. And he kind of looked like, well, he's the he's oh he's the bounty hunter that goes out and just catches people, comes back and brings us money and food. But yeah, like he just didn't look as like smooth as the rest of them. And I feel like that was probably intentional because now you're you're putting him with like the top notch one. So that was cool. It was cool. I wonder if we're going to go go back to actually getting bounties and actually hunting people ever. Yeah, where's he getting all this money? Well, that was the calamari phlegm from the first one. I, I caught that when yeah. they put the coins down and, they like, dropped. yeah, he actually had money they would take. I remember that. But, like, the thousand credits, where did that come from? Because I don't feel like he's a rich dude at this point. He hasn't hunted a lot of things, and he also went bad on his last deal and kept the kid. Mm-hmm. What's Mando? And he's what's not Mando using Beskar as money because he would not. He would turn that into stuff. He he melted it down. What's Mando doing for money? What do you think? I, I don't know. Don't make this offensive, okay? Uh, I'm okay. <laughs> like, on a roll. Maybe he's like selling uh, handmade items on the side of the road, like he's Amish. <laughs> you proud of yourself? Totally. You you couldn't keep it in. So, what th- did the Amish ever do to you? You, as well as growing up in Ohio, yes, we both I did. got drug into Amish town. I, how many times? But they have good food. Really? Good cheese. What about really? Grandpa's Cheese Barn? Isn't that an Amish store? No, that was just a. I've been to Amish country enough times, but I do think the the, the cheese is good. <laughs> They're a peaceful group of people. They're not going out there and being rude to you. No, no, no. I mean, I I remember I bought a pocket watch once out there, and yeah. But then I opened it up and it said "Made in China," so I was like, "See." Well, they don't hand make pocket watches and forge their steel. Come on. They should. No, they you wanna... don't. That's why. It's like, oh my goodness, There's... you you could just stop. Just stop. And that'll do it for here on the forest moon of Endor. For the Endor part, this is Tad saying thank you for listening. If you want to leave us a comment or follow if us on Instagram. If you had any like followers who are offended, that's your fault. This is the way. I take no blame for that. May the force be with you, princess. And, and also with you.